Hello everybody, my name is John Uguru and welcome to another episode of The Morale Booster with John Uguru. And today I have with me a poet and a motivational speaker. His name is Stefan Salt. And before I bring Stefan onto the stage, I want to remind those of you watching this program or those of you listening to this program via podcast to please remember to share it to your network. Share amongst your friends because you never can tell. You might just be saving that one person's life who has been waiting a lifetime to hear these stories. Please share. Thank you. So, Stefan, thank you for joining me on the program. My listeners will be eager to know who you are and what you do. The stage is yours. Thank you so much, John. Um, for one, I am I'm truly humble. I'm a big fan of yours and everything you're doing. We Thank need more brothers like us out there, man. We, we, we It's amazing. It's beautiful. And as you said, I am Stefan. Um, my sizzle, I call myself Stefan Sizzle Suggs. The poetry name is Sizzle. Stefan Suggs is the motivational speech, speaker, entrepreneur, family man, businessman, best friend, you name it. Um, I, I was born and raised in Washington, D.C., currently reside in Morgantown. Um, okay. so just like everyone else, once the pandemic hit, completely shocked me. At the moment in time, I was a banker. I decided after you know losing my job from the pandemic that I no longer want to play the game on anyone else's terms. I get we're that. Newer, so it's time. We're hungry. Right, we're hungry. Les Brown said, "You gotta be hungry, brother. You gotta be, or you gonna starve." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, um, Les Brown told you about there was a poem. You, you wrote and you, there was a time we were at a, at a meeting and uh, that's a coaching meeting with Les Brown where you, 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 you read a poem for him. So how far have you gone with that? Is he gonna use that for his movie? Yeah, um, I'm so grateful. Les Brown, um, like you said, I read one of my poems to one of my idols and he loved it so much he wanted to use it in his movie. And I, I wanna thank John for the idea because as I told you, I'm a poet. I, if anything, I didn't understand my talent with my poetry. I can, you know, doodle something in five minutes that can be profound. And I just throw it away because I've been doing it over the years. And I remember that particular call. John was on the phone and he told us how he provided extreme service for Bob Proctor. And that's what ultimately got him closer to Bob Proctor. While I was listening to him tell me that story, I was thinking, man, what can I do for Les Brown? He, this guy has everything. Well, how can I help Les Brown? And I thought, what's the only thing that you do the best? Your poetry and your gratitude. So why don't you write him a poetry about your gratitude for him? Right. And I couldn't imagine the reception that I got from it. I didn't even know I would, at the moment, get an opportunity to read it to him. But, you know, that, that's God's will. I know, I know, I know. That's God's will, you know. Things do happen for a reason. And... Um, Things don't just happen by mistake. That's it. They say luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Amen. I also, I also happy on that call that day. I said, oh, this guy is doing big things, you know. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, so what motivated you to become an entrepreneur? A poet? Uh, 
Like, like I said, I feel like we all know deep down it's always pulling at us. It was always calling us. If anything, the question should be, what is the moment you decided to no longer be scared? Is <laughs> the real question. And like I said, the pandemic, man, it, it, it froze me. I'm not going to lie. Just knowing that even in the moment when it first started off working for someone, I was at their mercy. I was working what they call a frontline job, as many of us, you know, in opposition work across the country. And I realized that I did not determine if I went to work the next day. My employer did. And if I didn't go, even though the times were scary, they would literally find someone else that would come in and do it. And I have a six-year-old daughter. I have parents. I have, I have people with health issues. And it had me really thinking, man, I don't ever want this kind of situation to happen again. God forbid, if there's another pandemic or another outbreak in five, 10 years from now, I will not be one of the people waiting on the government to determine what we're going to do. I will have my means. So I, I had to be an entrepreneur. That's a great one. That's a great one. So did you choose poetry or did poetry choose you? <laughs> That's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both. You know, as John likes to tell us, what you are seeking is also seeking you. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick story about how I actually got into poetry. Man, just being me, females. I had to be like in uh, third or fourth grade. Um, it was a little after school program we were in and you had to pick some sort of extracurriculum activity from uh, drumming, poetry. There were a few different options and it was this girl that I liked so much and she was in the poetry class. I honestly just went in the class because she was in it. And I remember the first day the poetry teacher gave me an assignment. I didn't take it serious. I just wrote something. And he said, where did you copy this from? Who did you get this from? You know, how did you write this poem? And I didn't even notice. I'm like, I just wrote it. I wrote how I felt. And from that moment on, he kind of took me under his wing and kept cultivating me and cultivating me. And, and it's funny, I'm 29 now. This had to happen around 15, 20 years ago. And I'm just really realizing how, how special he was to my life back then. Oh, that's a, that's a great one. That's a, you know, in life, we always hope and pray to meet our helpers, to meet those people who would help us uh, refine our talents, refine our abilities. And a lot of people lack such help. So now that uh, we are in a position where our voices can be heard, what are your plans for people who fall into that category? People who do not have coaches, mentors, what are your plans for them? That's another great question. Um, you know, from this summer, just losing my job, you know, as I said, one of the first things that I realized is I had to get some sort of mentorship, some sort of accountability. And from Les Brown and John, I was fortunately granted that. But as you also brought up, there are tons of people who don't have it. And coming right. from the environment I come from, I know that all too well. Um, it's almost, to be honest with you, a miracle that I'm even doing some of the things I'm doing because financially, you would argue I shouldn't be able to do it. But I know that God is using me for something different. And I honestly think it's because I am supposed to, you know, be a part of the uh, change that I wish to see. Right. I want to implement programs for people of uh, low income. I, I want to be that mentor. I, I honestly, the things that I want in life is so I can be in a position to serve for free. I understand right. that my family and things are taken care of, then I can add that additional time to put into the others because it's not about me. And I'm realizing that every single day with every blessing I get, he does not give me the blessing for me to praise myself. He gives it to me for me to praise him. Right, right. That's a good one. 
you know, Albert Einstein said, in the middle of every difficulty lies an opportunity. Amen. Yeah, so it is high time people like you and I make our voices heard. It is high time we, you know, reached out to those communities that really do need our voices. Not necessarily for the financial gain, but just to serve a purpose. And I know and I believe that that is a journey you have decided to leave for the rest of your life. Let's not give up on that, brother. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I said it's deepening me. That's what's going to keep me going because I understand I'm not doing this for me necessarily. Right. I'm walking in my purpose. And once you finally find your purpose, you can't ignore it. I, I, I want to, uh, the analogy I want to use is the matrix. Once you take the red pill, you cannot go back, my friend. Right. <laughs> you, know, you, know, the, you know, a lot of people have the potentials, have the gift, and they have the resources to make their voices heard. But like what Les Brown typically says, he says, the system has been hijacked. A lot of people do speaking to sell, right? If you put your mind towards just making only money, 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 you know, there could be a reason for you to back out if the money doesn't come true. Amen. Like I wake up every morning looking forward to inspire people out there. Amen. So that's why when they ask me, what are your C-type goals? I find it difficult to say, I want to be a billionaire. I want to be, a you know, but what I want to do is I want to inspire billions of people. You get it? I, I you, you, and me are, you and me are one in the same. That is why the universe brought us to this call because I'm the same one. I'm that guy that, that's all the time. And, and people almost look at me like something's wrong with me, but I, I don't cherish money the way that, I realize a lot of my counterparts do. Don't get me wrong. I understand that the system that we're playing, I do need money, but I don't have this blood thirst kind of crave. I honestly think about helping people more than I think about making money. And I truly do believe that by helping people, God will, you know, give me the finances so I can help more people. When I think of finances, I think of resources. I think of what I can do with such money. And I'm not talking about big houses and, and things like that. I think of how I can use whatever he give me Right. to be part of the change. Like I said, I remember growing up not having no voice. I grew up in a very, very humble beginning. Very, very humble. I grew up from a young age looking at people around me wondering, mommy, daddy, why they have this? Why we don't have this? So I empathize with anyone that comes from any kind of tough situation. And I want them to more so look at me as a means of help, not someone that's trying to rub it in their face. That's true. That's true. You know, um, a lot of people like myself, for example, it took me so long to step into what I'm doing right now. Amen. And um, they say, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now. It's never too late to get started. So this is a journey that we have chosen and we need to use what we have to get what we want. Brother, I want you to stay focused. You are, you, you've got greatness in you, and you know that. 
I want you to stay focused. We are going to change the world together. And I so much believe in that. All right. So how do you see yourself in the next five years, your business, your new business? Yes, sir. Uh, just to piggyback on that, I appreciate you by even saying stay focused. I, th I think that's huge, too, for our communities, just the upliftment, just the sticking together. I feel like it's too much competitiveness sometimes. And we don't always hope, you know, hold your buddy accountable and say, hey, brother, you know, I believe in you. You can do this. Whether it's ups or downs, we are, we're a team. You know, just right. hearing that, it puts a battery in my back. I love to hear that. Um, now, as far as in the next five years the next five years kind of similar to what you said i expect to honestly impact over a million people i, I said i have a very lofty goal i plan on in the next five years um starting at least the development of my child youth center the universe right. will provide me the money i know it's already in the universe now right. i'm just I'm just trying to collect it to use it for a better purpose than whatever it's currently used for. <laughs> that's, that's true. I, I, I plan on being a best-selling author in five years. I'm currently working on the autobiography of my life um, and, and just some of my coping mechanisms to become the person I am. Kind of like you said, it took us this long to realize some of these things. What if we can be some of the light that can help some younger us realize it just a few years sooner? And like you said, the best time to plant the tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Well, what if I can, what if I can, you know, just help people realize things now that they don't have to wait another 20 years to realize right. that's powerful to me. Yeah. And I, I plan on in the next five years, I plan on uh, having been a household name and just anyone that, that cares anything about self-improvement and dignity and unity. That's awesome. So how can you be reached? How can people reach out to you? If they have any speaking engagements, um, what are your contact information? You're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, right? Yes, great point. So on Facebook, my name is Sizzle, my uh, poet name, S-I-Z-Z-L-E Suggs. You can find me on Facebook. Also, I recently launched my website um, and it is open for taking speaking arrangements and gigs. And it is uh, www.bethevoid2, the number two day.com. So B-E, T-H-E-V-O-I-D 2-D-A-Y.com. And you can awesome. reach out to me anytime to do any kind of speaking engagement. Awesome. I'm That's great. That's great. It's so great to have, you know, a brother like you in the same industry. You know, you see the shirt I'm wearing? That's a charity foundation, uh, John Ugunu Foundation. What we do is we provide coaching, mentoring, and we assist kids between the ages of children between the ages of 18 to 22. So by the time you set up your um, youth center, we definitely can support. Merger, look at it. We're on the same wavelength. We're on the same wavelength. I kind of want to get them starting from the ages of 11 and 12, and mm -hmm. honestly kind of mentor them to the age of 18. So if anything, I, it might be one of those things where I pass them on to you, because I, I, we, we got to get them soon, man. Yeah, like you said, once the programming gets so deep in your head, oh my God, it's so hard to get it washed out. It's so hard to get it washed out. So I want to start to put that bug in their ear before high school, preteen, when they really started, because I remember being a young man, when I really, really started to question myself, it's around those preteen ages. That's when you right. really stack yourself up across and you take a look at everything. And, and I really wish if I had more positive messages in my ear at that pivotal time of life, who knows? I understand it's all God's purpose and I was meant to take the walk that I meant, but that doesn't mean that this is the path that someone else is meant to take. And I want to try to stop it. That's true. That's a, that's a powerful one. You know, brother, keep shining the light. And uh, I know 
we are going we are great we got great things in the future that we can do so if you're listening to this program right now this is Cecil the poet the motivational speaker I want you to look out for him they say you don't have to be great to get started but you have to get started to be great today is the rest of your life the first day of the rest of your life if you're listening to me right now I want you to take your dreams and run with them do not talk yourself out of it. Get up and do something. And thank you all for listening to the program. And remember, kindly share this video because you might just be saving the life of that one person who has been waiting for a lifetime to hear this message. I love you all, brothers, and take good care of yourself. Nice talking to you, Cecil.